0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast called What Feels Most True. I'm Rachel, yoga studio owner, teacher, trainer, and coach. And I'm
1: Mel, licensed counselor, yoga teacher, and we're here to share with you heartfelt and sometimes silly conversations about what feels most true to us in this moment.
0: We are sisters committed to our own paths of growth, understanding, and compassion, and we hope to provide you with a perspective of both empathy and
1: empowerment. We're giving you permission now to step into more joy, to allow your life to be fluid and always up for reconsideration. Remember, what feels most true can be lifelong and ever-changing.
0: Welcome back for another episode here with Rach and Mel and. Before we dive into our conversation, we thought it would be nice to have a grounding and check-in practice for everyone. So of course, if you're driving or if you're walking, you probably won't want to close your eyes, but you can definitely still participate in this Uh, self-scan and self-check-in process. But this episode is going to be a conversation about holding it all, holding uh, the heaviness and also the lightness of life. So um, we felt like it would be appropriate for everyone to check in. So if you can, find a grounded, upright seat. But again, if you're listening to us while out on a walk or a run or out driving, that's that's great. You can still check in, obviously just keep your, keep your eyes open. Um, if you are seated at home or in the office, go ahead and close your eyes if that feels okay and plant both feet on the floor if you can or sit in a
2: cross-legged seat on the floor. Take a few deeper,
3: fuller breaths. Allow the shoulders to drop down into your body.
2: Feel the
3: seat or the ground beneath you. Find comfortable length up the length of your spine through the crown of the head opening towards the sky. Notice how gravity draws you down towards the earth. While also at the same time, noticing the spaciousness, the
0: vastness
3: of the air and sky around your body.
2: equally rooted and light.
3: And notice your breath. Notice how it moves the belly, start to draw the breath down deeper. Notice how it moves the ribs in the chest. How it moves through the throat, all the way up to the
2: nostrils. You might notice if the air feels warm or cool coming in. And also notice how it feels going out. And take a moment and ask yourself, how does your body feel?
3: How does your body feel? What does your body need from you today to feel loved? supported, safe,
2: grounded, at ease. And ask yourself, how does your mind feel?
3: How is your mind? No judgments, no good or bad. This is all just pure
0: observation in the moment. What does your mind need to feel
3: supported, honored, safe, grounded?
0: And how's your heart?
3: How does your heart feel?
0: What does your heart need today in order to feel honored,
3: seen, heard, loved? What does your heart need today? And let's take three deep breaths together to honor what
0: is exactly as it is right now. So with our inhales, we'll think about acceptance of this moment exactly as it is. And with our exhales, Thinking about releasing resistance, releasing any resistance to things exactly as they are right now. So we'll be inhaling acceptance and exhaling
3: any resistance. So let's take a deep breath in and let it go. And another big breath in of acceptance to things exactly as they are
0: and a deep breath out, releasing any resistance
3: to things exactly as they are right now. And one more time, take a deep breath in
2: and a full breath
3: out. And if your eyes are closed, you can start to blink them back open.
0: Hello, <laughs> mm. And let's just dive right into a self check-in. So um, I know there's been a lot happening in the world, always a lot happening locally from the entire spectrum of pain to pleasure on the, on the human experience (laughs) spectrum. So Mel, tell us all,
1: how are you? Where are you at? Yeah. Oh my, I want to start every day doing that and maybe like every hour doing that. So (laughs) thank you. That was awesome. Um, -hmm. Hmm. I think It's been a weird couple of weeks. I think, like you said, I think there's global, global angst and trauma that's happening with everything going on in Ukraine. Um, So you feel that and then you feel your own personal stuff. So I think just in general, baseline, I've been doing okay. Um, Today, especially, my mind feels uh, pretty slow, which is good not so not a lot of chatter going on which is a good feeling for me especially I know my brain gets really active my body's been having holding a lot of heaviness though so I notice a lot of times my body clues me in before my mind or my emotions or even like deeper like my heart space clues me in so I think my body uh is definitely signifying to me like, Hey, there's something up here. So currently I'm even sitting on an ice pack. Cause I got some nice piriformis pain going on a literal pain in the butt. Um, so I've definitely been dealing with that this week. Oh, you know, it's going all the way down my left leg. So my left calf, my left hamstring, my lower back's been tight. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel it feel it a little bit more physically, but overall I would say I'm doing pretty good. Um, I think the biggest thing when you mentioned, like, what do you need? I think what came to mind first for me was I need margin. I need space. So I think I need a lot of space and just this period and it ebbs and flows, but a lot of space for non doing. So just existing, whether it's being outside, not doing anything particularly productive or, um, reading or watching my fun shows. So the opposite of productivity is what I need right now. (laughs) Uh, What about you? How are you doing?
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, I'm very much affected by the seasons. um, Um, and, uh, for whatever reason, historically March and April are generally like really big months for me when I'm kind of like, um, internally, like in this like full summer, like ovulation, like flourishing fertile. Um, it's just a really like fertile season for me and a lot of big life moments have happened for me over the years in March and April, April, especially. <clears throat> so internally, I've felt this really big shift into more energy. Um, and you know, these things, but I had an extra wintry winter season and kind of a, a really deep season of grief for anyone listening. Um, I had a miscarriage in, um, November or no, December in December. And, um, it didn't happen on its own. So it was a medical miscarriage and it ended up being a pretty drawn out, like pretty painful, physically painful two week period of time and kind of just like, a mentally taxing month of time, and yeah. and then I've also had this ongoing, lingering thing um, where I finally figured out at the onset of this year that I have a spinal cord injury, and and um, so I have a cervical spine issue, and we've gotten to the bottom of it, and finally, after pretty much accepting the fact that I thought I was going to have to have surgery this mm-hmm. month, actually, I've been receiving some laser and shockwave treatments, um, about an hour away from where I live. And I go there two days a week and, Mm -hmm. and I'm like three and a half weeks into those treatments and almost pain-free. And so like having sort of, I mean, you never completely deal with and heal from grief, but, Mm -hmm. but really being able to shift into some gratitude from the grief over the miscarriage while also having physically some of that pain that I've had since fall or really since last summer, having some of that pain dissipate has lightened my load energetically a ton. So I'm feeling more like myself in my body. Um, I'm feeling overall um, just more relaxed and also more confident. However, at the same time, um, I've had a lot of anxiety lately and I tend to be a really sensitive person and, and I absorb too much of other people's energies and the world's energies. And I think part of it just has to do with like the global sphere of things and also just different, like new structures and new things that I have going on in my life. Like the, the unknown for me tends to spark a lot of anxiety. So I still feel like I'm also holding a lot of anxiety more than normal for whatever reason right now. And part of that I think is, is newness and is uncertainty for right now and for moving forward. So it's a little bit of all of the above, but like you said, I, overall, I, I'm good. I feel good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how, not funny, but interesting how you're holding so many different things and then, but underlying all that, we're we're okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's all really complicated. I think emotions are really complicated too. And I think we almost do like asking people, how are you? It's so layered <laughs> that question. Yeah. And it's a really complicated question because you can be, good in a lot of ways. You can be heavy in a lot of ways. You can be anxious in some ways. And so one word or a couple of words to sum up it is really hard. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the point really of, of our entire conversation today and this entire episode today is to kind of, uh, just support, everyone in saying that it's okay to feel like a million different things in each day and to kind of honor that and talk a little bit about, um, when it's okay, just to sulk and kind of be, be Mm -hmm. in it. And when it might be more helpful to start moving out of some Mm -hmm. of the heavier, emotions and and so yeah I think our our intention for this conversation is to to talk about normalizing holding it all on a regular basis.
1: (laughs) Yep, absolutely. I think we can definitely do that. This is one of the most depressed winters I've had, I feel like, in a long time. (laughs) So I think you and I can both speak and you this probably the heaviest winter maybe you've ever had, or it's, it's up there yeah. the or if not, so. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely. for sure. Mm. So let's,
0: let's talk a little bit about that. Um, ways, maybe we start with first, like ways that we honor the heavy seasons and mm. the heavy days, because sometimes it is just a day and then the next day is completely different and then you're back and the heaviness and then the next day. And sometimes it's a season, like a yeah. six month season or a year long season or a couple month months season. So what are ways that you personally honor heavy times or that you recommend to your clients to honor the, the heavier
1: emotions? Yeah. Mm, good question. It varies it varies how I honor the heavy times. It shifts depending on what I need. I think acceptance for me is huge. I, what I experience a lot of times, and I think a lot of people do too, what we call therapy meta emotions. So let's say I'm feeling down and then I'm pissed that I'm feeling down. And then I'm pissed that I'm pissed that I'm feeling down, you know, so the emotions compile. Mm -hmm. And so I try to, avoid falling into that cycle of meta emotion. So basically when I'm feeling down and I've had a lot of down days this winter, I think I'm one of those people who's just really impacted by weather. And I think I'm also really impacted, like you said, about by what other people are going through, who I care about or the world. So just feeling it all is typical, is just a norm for me, which, you know, really blows some days, but is one, a thing that I actually love about, you know, my operating system too. So I think even going back to what I was saying, acceptance and just kind of leaning into it. So I even found this meditation on insight timer. It's an app that I use sometimes. And it was like leaning into sadness and honestly, just sometimes leaning into it and not resisting it or being mad or policing myself out of it with, why are you sad? This doesn't make sense, blah, 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 you know, and then just thoughts just come barreling in of resistance. So I even like the meditation you had us do today, like breathing in acceptance, exhaling resistance. That for me helps me a lot of times. I just find a natural ease out of it. And then you see the temporariness of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're not talking about clinical depression. You know, we did that whole podcast episode on that. We're talking about days that feel heavy, experiencing collective emotion experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's a little bit different. So yeah, uh leaning into it um, definitely is something I practice. And then shifting out of it basically when I'm ready to shift out of it. So that, oh yeah, that's what I was saying too, is just recognizing the temporariness of it. So recognizing that it's a fleeting and it's so tough because on down days, I think I need to change my life, like my whole world, it's gonna feel like this always. And some of the best things that I can do is just remind myself that it's temporary or a really anxious day or heavy day. For some reason, reminding myself of the temporariness of it. Those are two things that feel, feel really helpful, um, amongst many different things I might try, but those are definitely couple. Yeah. What about you? What comes to mind for you on holding it all? And,
0: Yeah. I think what you mentioned is a key point for most people is that Mm -hmm. we have a heavy emotional experience, a heavy day or a heavy season. And we tend to think uh, that it needs to be fixed and that it's a problem. And I think like Mm -hmm. the most, and yoga really has taught me this more than anything um, in presence with what is exactly as it is. It's a it's a key concept in the type of meditation that I've learned and am trained and am trained in. And and I think that's really the key is um, trying to let the fixing go. Yeah. Um, and honoring what is right now exactly yeah. as it is without the need to fix. And ways that I do that are Mm -hmm. sometimes meditation. Meditation, um, isn't completely a regular practice for me where I just sit and observe. Um, I always say, I want to do that like daily, but I just haven't up to this point. Um, but I do do, breath work often and breath work, whether it's a really short, like five minute breath practice or a full, uh, 90 minute breath journey. Breath has been one of the most powerful ways that I honor what is exactly as it is. And I just literally think of breathing with whatever is there. Um, and, uh, journaling is another way that I kind of honor and hold the heaviness. I just, Sometimes it's just a free flow prompt of journaling, whatever's alive today, or it's something simple, like the check-in that we did, like, how's your body, how's your mind, how's your heart? Um, I also learned, I think we've talked about it in other podcasts, but a technique called swamping, which I don't do too often, but um, where you literally like, say, for example, you're feeling anger, you completely take on the emotion of anger as if it's your identity identity and you might like slam around and and this is intentional so you're not just like freaking your family out you're like <laughs> but you could like pick a room close yourself yeah. in a room like slam pillows and scream at the top of your lungs or let any words or things that you wish you could say or that you have wanted to say anything like pent up all of that energy words sound emotion whatever you're acting it out um so, swamping is also a really beautiful practice for, mm. for holding the, the heaviness. And then another one that I started some years ago, and I don't do it much as much lately, um, but it's called towel ringing. And it's similar to swamping, uh-huh. like you can just fill up a towel, like a hand towel, with water.
2: Yeah. and
0: then like stand over a sink and just kind of ring it out like, <laughs> like, cool. and literally just like let sighs or yells or screams or whatever noise that needs to yeah. come out with the ringing of a towel is also mm. a really beautiful practice. And it it's important to note that, that all of these aren't fixes. Like we're not entering in with the intention to fix. And I have to remind myself that all the time. It's, Thank with you. an intention to lean in, like you said, yeah. leaning in, and and really these are ways that we lean in rather than
1: tune out. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna steal the towel one. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Outletting expression I think is beautiful. Like you said, it allows the emotion to flush through you as opposed to get stuck and get buried in your body. And I think another thing for me too, and I'm sure. I know you're you're also good at this and this is something you've been working on but I think boundaries are really important for me in holding heaviness too. So for example like staying engaged with what's going on in the world and then also intentionally disengaging. So reserving my news time for a specific time in place and I have a ritual for how I exit after I read the news, you know, so being really intentional about what I'm ingesting using social media and following only people that their stuff energizes me and not just a homogenous group that agrees with everything I say. However, being intentional when I'm looking outward at different opinions or at what's going on in the world. So boundaries around that and just what I'm doing in my free time. So I know when I'm heavy, social time really isn't unless it's with family it doesn't rejuvenate me. I, when I am teetering, I need Eric. I need my home. I need you or my mom or my dad and my dog. And I need to kind of be by myself. So boundaries, even just like with what I'm saying yes to, which looks really minimal during heaviness too. So yeah, that was just something else that came to mind as you were talking. Um, what are your, do you have to have boundaries when you get kind of heavy too? And if so, what do those look like? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely
0: retreat during heaviness too, but I've been really conscious over the past few years about it being an intentional retreat and not a withdrawal because historically Mm -hmm. I would put myself on an Island and not tell people that I'm struggling and maybe not even consciously be aware of that. I'm struggling But I would just like not ask for help, not pay attention to my body, like make myself even busier, retreat at home, not do things with friends, make life all about work or drink too much or whatever, you know? Um, And to me, that's like withdrawal. And I've been intentional about when I'm going through a heavy season, I definitely, like you said, I don't have the capacity for a bunch Mm -hmm. of social time or, um, a heavier load of work, even if it's enjoyable. Um, so I try to keep like workload minimal. I don't fuss about creating new things, whether it's classes, programs, take on new clients. Um, I do still like, if I have friendships, which I do that make me feel good, like those sometimes can help pull me out of my funk. So like a dinner with a really good friend who has like, can really hold space for me, like can be very therapeutic or like you said, conversations with each other, just like this or Mm -hmm. time with uh, quality time with our partners uh, rather than just like autopilot time. So definitely over the years, I've gotten more honest, more clear on Boundaries with work and personal life. But for me personally, my go-to was always complete withdraw. And now I try to make it more of like an intentional retreat, check-in, mm-hmm. that sort of thing.
1: That language shift is so powerful. I mean, our girl Brene Brown says it all the time: the language that we use for things, I mean, that's how we make meaning. That's how we gain meaning. That's how we gain. I don't want to say power over. Cause it's not like we need to have power over everything, but that's how we can then take actions. Really intentional actions is once we get granular and specific about a, the emotion we're feeling and then what we're doing about it. So I think it sounds like it's been a really helpful shift for you to go from withdraw slash isolating, whether it be intentional or unintentional to retreat, even the word retreat. I'm like, ah, that sounds nice. You know, a retreat, picture. It's just a different, a whole different vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm. And so like we've talked about the heaviness, the grief, honoring it, that sort of thing. And then inevitably there comes a time when we have to edge ourselves forward. We have to take some steps forward. We have to pull ourselves out of the muck because we've talked about, you know, long-term depression and all of us knows that, that we can't stay in the heaviness forever mm-hmm. as much as, <laughs> as we'd like to sometimes. And so <laughs> like, how do you pull yourself out? What does that process look mm-hmm. like And or, and, or what do you recommend to mm-hmm. other people?
1: Yeah. What I recommend to others is typically what I do myself as well. So I think it starts unreasonably small, like pulling yourself out starts like inch, inch by inch crawling. If you have to crawl, um, one of my mentors in college, shout out Kat Galetka, who's one of the coolest people ever, but she would say like, just start by doing a dish. And that was a metaphor, you know, not literally like dishes, but one dish and then just see where that takes you. Then I think sometimes it starts just like, like I said, unreasonably small. So for me, that might look like I'm just going to walk out onto my deck or I'm just going to take ghost for like the smallest walk and just see where it takes me. Or I'm going to call Rachel you or, um, my mom that day and, or actually I love playing. I have a record player and I put a record on and music is a really big shift. But I think in those moments that were really low, at least where my thinking goes cockeyed is like these simple things don't work. It's gotta be, I have a, like a propensity to really slip into something's deeply wrong with my life. And and the thing is, is it might be, but it's not going to happen. That shift isn't going to happen from being really low. If something is, you know, deeply unaligned with how I want to live my life, that can come, that clarity can also come from feeling a little bit better. And in fact, that clarity will probably be more accurate when I am feeling just a little bit different, a little bit less heavy, like Angela Duckworth, um, A psychologist says, you know, and obviously I'm just, I'm really skipping over the meat and potatoes of it. But she says like, don't quit on a bad day, you know, wait till you're a little bit more regulated and then decide things about your job, your life, et cetera. Like you mentioned fixing. Mm -hmm. So, um, withholding from that, giving myself a chance to do really simple things. I keep a list on me. And then I got this from Glennon Doyle that says like for the highs and for the lows, and so my, for the lows have a reminders to myself. <laughs> I'll read you a few things. It says, take a nap. Are you tired? Cause I know when I'm heavy, usually sometimes it's super, like I need a freaking nap, you know, mm-hmm. um, eat a snack. Are you hungry? <laughs> and then I've written down, this is temporary. It's okay to feel low. Um, call someone laugh at a video Tomorrow's going to feel really different. Go outside or maybe move your body. Um, and then I have written down, you won't want to do any of this, do one thing. Anyway, your stones thrown up, stones, throw away from feeling a little bit better, uh, put on some music and then just, you know, there's a few other things there too, but I think those are times Especially when I'm feeling low, and I'm just going with that one because this winter, as you know, kind of going along in theme, this winter has been a little bit lower for me as opposed to a little bit higher. Um, so yeah, those are some things that really help me start to shift. And you made a good point. I think there's a time to lean in, and then you get to a point where you go, "I can't live in this space." Mm-hmm. You know, the lethargy cycle is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a point where you go, "How do I break the cycle?" And it comes from the I do one tiny thing, unreasonably small. So that's my spiel. What about you?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, cause I find it such a delicate, difficult, very individualized thing mm. of figuring out like a sweet spot point of allowing yourself to honor what is ah. without getting stuck there, because it's really easy for me to wallow and get mm. stuck there in yeah. the lower vibrations and the lower frequency. Yeah. Um, and and I think potentially that that's where people get stuck too long.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I think the the People that are perpetually anxious, perpetually in distress, perpetually in dis-ease get stuck honoring the muck a bit too long. They get wrapped up in the whys, in the stories, in the fixing. Um, Whereas like a lot of the practices that we've mentioned are these somatic things where you mostly are dropping into your body. To mm. just let your body process it to get out of the why, and then kind of like, like start to pull yourself up by creating a different state, like using physiology to create a different state to then yeah. move forward differently. So just okay. kind of my thought. I
3: mm.
0: I think that I've myself wondered like in periods of heaviness and then having experienced probably the deepest period of real grief in my life that I've ever had before. I, I feel like there was a time where I was kind of stuck in victimhood Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, like it's absolutely reasonable. And like, do you need that time where you're just kind of like angry, sad, resentful, pissed, whatever, like, yeah, I think you do. Mm -hmm. And, I started seeing it spill into how I felt about everything, how I felt about my finances, how I Mm -hmm. felt about business, my outlook on other people. Like it kind of started to taint or sour my perspective on everything. And that was kind of my red flag on it's time to move. It's time Mm -hmm. to move out of this a little bit because, Mm -hmm. you you know, you want to have sometimes it's not just like a session of breath work that can move through, if it is something like a big T trauma, like you call it, or like a deeper, not that one grief is worse than another, but they're just different. And, and so, um, for me, an indicator has been when it starts to kind of (laughs) soil my view on all Mm -hmm. things, I know it's time to like pull myself out. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, ways that I, pull myself out are usually a daily ritual practice, which is a journaling practice for me. So it's, um, it includes like journaling about what I want in my life and why I want it and what my ask for that day is. And then also it includes a gratitude practice, which I kind of tend to drag my heels into, but even just lately, um, I've tried to get more serious and more detailed with my gratitude practice. And every morning I've been writing, it sounds super cliche and really annoying, but once I do it, I do truly feel better. I'll write 20 things that I'm grateful for. And for a while, cause I've been doing this daily ritual for wow. like a year. And for a while I would just like write a word like Mel Dakota, the dogs or whatever, And it was kind of like surface level gratitude. And lately, just for like the past week, I've been writing really detailed, like 20 things that I'm grateful for. And I really take like the whole thing probably takes me not just the gratitude practice, but the whole daily ritual probably Mm -hmm. takes me like an hour. Mm -hmm. And I know everyone doesn't have that in the morning, but just kind of explaining my process and, Mm -hmm. and the detailed gratitude mm. list has really had mm. a profound impact on my energy and on kind of, for me, it's about claiming ownership of my life and my reality mm. again. And, and I've done that through like subconscious reprogramming techniques that I've learned. Um, and then also of course, yoga and journaling and yeah. that sort of thing.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I like that, and because you've been in—I mean, I guess it never goes away—but like this winter was a winter of deep grief for you, mm-hmm. you know, um, losing a baby, planning for a baby, feeling the excitement and the joy and the all of that, and then it's ripped away at the drop mm-hmm. of a hat. <clears throat> what would you suggest, maybe, to people? in deep grief or in life circumstances who are having a really hard time with gratitude, you know, what would your thoughts or encouragement or, I don't know, just anything that comes to mind. What would you say for that? I think that's what gets hard for people. Maybe if I had to guess and what I've seen Mm a little bit of therapy.
0: Yeah. So a couple things, I guess. I would say, first of all, like we've talked about before, I think acceptance sometimes comes before gratitude. And so Mm -hmm. if you can think about using a yoga class or a meditation of some kind or a breath practice of some kind or a nature walk, um, whatever it is that is like a healthy outlet in your life, if you can think about that as. Your acceptance practice for the day. Like you don't really feel grateful for things. A gratitude practice sounds fucking annoying. And it's what every <laughs> personal development coach on the planet recommends. And, right. and um, so I think it's like like our grounding practice at the beginning, acceptance of what is exactly as it is, even if it fucking sucks. Yeah. And then resisting, releasing the resistance to the things that absolutely fucking suck right now, because that's what's in your life right now. And I feel like even yeah. just the acceptance is empowering and that's taking ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there's not acceptance, then you're causing your own dis-ease by resisting reality as it is right now. Like you're perpetuating your own suffering by Mm -hmm. not accepting what is. So I think acceptance is like the one Mm -hmm. first step to things. Um, And then another practice I feel like is figuring out how to bring more joy into your daily life. Um, Because if you can create more joy, then I think you can start to connect with gratitude, even on small Mm -hmm. levels. So like Martha Beck calls it a one degree turn And she says, um, to write, I kind of forget what the prompt is, but basically to write, um, a list of like five to 10 things that you have to do this week and then make a separate list of like five to 10 things in your life that bring you the most joy. Mm -hmm. And then she said, um, to, Pick the thing on your to-do list that makes you the most pissed off, that feels the most hot, that feels the most like triggering. Mm -hmm. And she says then to pick something off of your joy list and replace 10 minutes a day for a week or a month or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. take 10 minutes out of that thing that you fucking hate or that feels triggering, that feels hard, that feels hot. Uh, replace 10 minutes of that with one of the joy things and do it every day for a week and do it every day for a month. And I feel like that is potentially, and then you could pick a new thing after the next week or you could add then 20 minutes, take 20 minutes out of the annoying fucking thing and put joy into that. So you could keep increasing the time or you could keep switching things up to toy with it. But I think that's potentially a gateway into joy, which is then a great gateway into gratitude, because I do think like gratitude feels annoying. I get it. And it feels cliche because everyone recommends it, but I feel like, um, it is how you, it is empowering and it's how you pull yourself out of the muck. Um, Mm. but I think, I don't think you can go from muck into 20, a list of 20 things you're grateful for. I think that's the mistake that gets made.
1: Yeah. I love that acceptance. Like first giving yourself, like you said, permission to sit in the shit and be like, no, I'm pissed. I'm mad. This sucks. I didn't deserve this. This shouldn't have happened to me, you know, giving yourself space
0: Mm -hmm. and then
1: moving into it. And I love what you said about acceptance. Um, there's a whole realm of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy and it's called act and acceptance. They describe it as a willingness to experience reality as it is, as opposed to a willfulness. And I always say to clients, this doesn't mean that what happened to you was okay. Yeah. It does not mean that it means it was a crock of shit and you're recognizing that it was a crock of shit. And you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm sitting in. And you give yourself permission to sit there without like, yeah, that willfulness, like, Nope, this isn't, this can't be happening to me, blah, blah, blah you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that. And then I like what you said is like, joy is definitely, I think a good way to tap into it to a precursor almost of, yeah, if you're having a really hard time increasing things that give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a pop in your step. Cool. Yeah. That's good ideas. Definitely.
0: Yeah. How do you create joy in your daily life or ease on a daily
1: basis yeah good question um that for me joy and ease i think joy fun is something i have always easily accessed um just even with my personality typing i'm looking for fun in every interaction i want to have fun I absolutely love to laugh. It's therapeutic for me. It gets me out of my own way. I love connection. So that's something that comes natural. However, ease is more difficult and it's been a journey and it's still a journey. I, this is new. So this is something I'm actively working through, but I've been learning to ease for me comes from not policing myself, but from the productivity capitalistic police, so I realized that I have these sort of deep seated thoughts and beliefs that I need to be doing more and making more and that worthy people operate at a certain level and a pace in a certain pace. And that if not like the storylines of I'm lazy and I'm not hardworking come into play and then that shame paralyzes me and I end up not doing anything, you know, so it's just, it's been really cyclical. So um, really shifting, bringing awareness to it still being at play. I knew it was at play a while ago, but I didn't know it was at play and the lowness that I was experiencing each week. So low being like low mood kind of bummed out each day, not excited or apathetic. So not, not happy and not sad. So I think really identifying it with my therapist recently I was like, wow, it's still really in there. So even shedding light on it has helped create some ease the book, how to do nothing. And, but Jenny O'Dell is like rocking my world, changing my life right now. And it sounds like it would be this like hot take this, um, self-help book. And it's not, it's a really deep perspective on how to shift out of the productivity grind and mm-hmm. How to shift really into just being a participant in the human experience? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very thoughtful and even at times pretty academic. I'm like, man, what the frick does that word mean? I'm googling stuff. <laughs> so just, it'll humble you right quick. Um, so that's been good. So yeah, that's been the biggest thing I think, creating ease. And um, I I don't know if this will work for everyone, but loose routines helps create ease for me. Um, I'm not a strict routine kind of girl that makes me feel like a lunatic and I'm put in a box and then I start doing the exact opposite of what I say I'm going to do. So like, ah, okay. What would feel good this morning? Is it yoga? Is it having my coffee and just taking it slow? Um, so yeah, self daily self-care practices. I think people think self-care is this grand event. Like, I got a pedicure. I'm like, no, self care is just daily practices. So it could be as simple as, you know, when I drink my coffee, I'm not scrolling my phone and I just kind of sit and stare around my house. You know, that's like self care, really. So definitely daily practices that are loose and they can shift and there's ebb and flow to it that creates ease. Um, and then also knowing my vulnerable times of the day. So I know midday, I start to hit a wall. Sometimes I think I start to get tired or in my head a little bit, but even just knowing like, uh, okay, it's the midday thing helps me to kind of carry on. Um, and what that does is then create, creates a little bit of ease. So yeah, a mix of a lot of that stuff. And like you said about gratitude, I, I definitely for a while hated it because, but it does create ease and it does shift my life significantly. But I think for a while I used it as like this cognitive exercise of I'm just going to write down blah, 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 but actually feeling it. So making the list like really slow and then sitting with my body. I'll put my hands over my heart and be like, how do I feel? You know, what does it feel like? Is there a color? Um, is it a vibration? Do I feel warm? And then sometimes that doesn't work either. I start getting mad. And then that day, gratitude maybe just looks like being aware of my surroundings. So um becoming a noticer of what's around me. So uh, recently I'm getting into the birds that live by my house. And I asked for a bird feeder for our third anniversary. <laughs> binoculars. Give me binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a birder? I don't know. There's no fucking way I'll be a birder. I mean, I have the patience of a toddler. Um, but I'ma try. Shit. Um she'll be in Ecuador next year looking at all the birds. Ecuador. Yes, take me, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm shifting into sometimes being like, what if gratitude for me is more about noticing and less about list making? And I think the list making is beautiful, but days when it's just not there, like yoga girl said something in one of her podcasts, like when gratitude's not there, fuck gratitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so sometimes I do think I need to fuck it and maybe do it, go about it in a roundabout way. So yes, that was a whole long spiel. Um, what about you? Did day ease? What are your
0: thoughts? <laughs> yeah, very similar things. Um, It definitely helps me to have a changing schedule, like a loose routine as well. Um, I do not do well with really full days all the time or the same thing every day. Monotony makes me shut down. So I love variety and I love doing things according to how I feel that day and that week versus like, this is just what I do. And I know some people are, are very different than that, but I also think, um, people that are different than that, um, part of that is conditioned. It's like programming from hustle culture and grind culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, like the early bird gets the worm culture and, And so, um, a big part of creating ease for myself has been exiting the matrix of that hustle culture, um, and really paying attention to my body and, and honoring where I'm at each day and canceling Mm -hmm. things or changing things that don't feel right. Um, accordingly. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big part of ease for me. I love having, um, slow wake up time. So I love waking up with the sun whenever possible and I generally do. I've I've created my business model and the way that I do things day to day for the most part around being able to wake up with the sun and that really serves me well. And I love to wake up slow for the most part and be able to, I've ebbed and flowed with this daily ritual um, and I'm back into the routine of doing it most mornings and that feels really good. But when it stopped feeling good, like do the gratitude practice. And then when it doesn't feel good, fuck the gratitude practice. That's kind of been the thing with my daily ritual and my journaling. I, Mm -hmm. it feels good right now and I'm doing it daily and, and it feels very much in alignment, but I think a lot of ease for me is dropping things when they stop feeling good. Um, Ooh, don't just like do that. shit for the sake of doing shit. Um, Ooh, I love and, that. um, definitely getting outside and making sure that, um, I get steps in. Cause I do a lot of work from home now at the computer and I'm getting a lot less steps in than when I was doing mm-hmm. massage therapy a few years ago. And so creating ease for me is definitely looks like moving my body most days. Yeah. Um, and I've started paying attention really recently, um, like how I spend the first 10 minutes of my day and the last 10 minutes of my day. And mm. I think that that really sets the tone for a more easeful day overall because um, I like my phone is not in our bedroom anymore when I sleep and hasn't been for probably over a year. Um, so my phone is not the first thing that I do to start my day. Um, and Mm. I have like an alarm clock when I need to use it. It wakes me up with like birds chirping and that creates ease for my morning rather than like a really terrible phone alarm. (laughs) Um, and I also am, am trying to be mindful of, of how I'm again, spending the last 10 minutes or so before bed, um, whether it's just sitting in silence um, or reading a book or doing some journaling or just breathing or whatever, rather than scrolling or thinking about tomorrow or the rest of the week or um, what happened, earlier in the day or watching a TV show or, you know, all the kind of numbing out go-to things that we sometimes do and then just roll into bed and wonder why we can't fall asleep. And, And so it's just, um, creating intentional moments. I think that, that feel good. And, and when things stop feeling good, I let it go and try to find something else. And it's not, it's not that easy. Like it's a continual explorative process for me, but that's generally what I'm finding right now that works best.
1: Mm, I like that feeling good, doing stuff that actually feels good. And then starting and ending your day. That's really big. I think there's so much that we do that we, that has just become habit and that we might hate You know, like, for example, some people might be like, "Yep, I, I do my cleaning schedule or I clean this day, this day, this day. And I'm like, how's that? Do you like it? You like doing it? I don't even know if people reflect and go, oh, I don't know. It's just what I do, you know? So I think really looking at do I actually like this thing? And that's not to obviously this is from a place of privilege. Like we get to decide things we like to do and not like to do. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have that option. You know, different people's lives look different. And yes, this does not mean that you and I do not do shit we don't want to do. We definitely still do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for the excess stuff, you know, I I guess it's just I would encourage people if I had to to be like pause on some of just the daily habits, the go, go, go yeah, and look at, yeah, what needs to be done. And what am I just doing? Because I've always done it this way or mm-hmm. just because it's habitualized, you know, like yeah. I love Martha Beck thing too. Cause I think that could shift a lot of people's lives, you know, over a span yeah. of time.
0: Yeah. I think overall we have a lot more control of our reality than we think. Mm. Um, and there's plenty that's out of our control, but our day-to-day reality, we have so much ownership in if we choose to, it's a decision yeah. and it's tough. And some days you don't have to choose some days you can wallow, <laughs> but yeah. it's the staying there that becomes problematic. And, and one thing that I've like thought about in my own life and talked to like some of my yoga student friends about is not always needing to like having emotions, having seasons, whatever, and letting go of the why and the story and the Mm -hmm. talking around it sometimes, and just like letting it be in the body through more of the somatic practices that we're talking about, whether it's the weight room or the, and for some people, this is bypassing because there are plenty of people that are avoiders. I think this advice is more for the deep feelers like you and I that sometimes yep. get stuck. So, this is not good advice for avoiders. You know who you are. <laughs> deep feeler advice. If you're wondering
1: um, if you're an avoider, you are.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I.e., mean, me.
0: Because if you're a deep, if you're a deep feeler, you'll know that too. But, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not always needing to stick with the story loop over and over. Like, I feel like this because, and this happened because, and this is what I do and blah, blah, blah. And just like letting things be in your body without all of the, mm-hmm. without all of the why. I feel like it just, even if it's not like just a one and done practice, if it's a week of letting mm-hmm. there, just, it just be this message from your body that something's up, like you said at the beginning, like the heaviness in your body lets, you know, sometimes before anything else that something's off, something's up and you just kind of like move with that, breathe with, breathe with that healthy practices with that. And, and I think that's a a way to
1: ease. Right. I like that. I will sometimes say to clients, because let's say they have something that they you know, can't stop thinking about, or like patterns that they're like, I don't get why I do this. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Why do I struggle with abandonment? You know, I've never been abandoned. And I'll say to them, sometimes the why is just so much less important than what do we do with it? Yeah. Sometimes letting go of the, the origin is incredibly hard because we are meaning making people and we want to make sense of our reality. And sometimes it just doesn't freaking make sense. And so it's just, okay, this is, these are the set of things that I'm struggling with. And where do we go from here and letting go of the need to maybe identify it even. Um, I think that's what you're alluding to. If I'm with, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Brene Brown said something on her podcast. I'm looking at it in my notes app and my phone. She said, I have a profound sense of agency and also shit happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I love that. Like you said, I think we have a profound sense of agency over our lives and shit happens. And that holds the tension between both. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot that happens that's out of our control. And we also have control on what we do with it and how we move from it and Mm -hmm. yada, yada. So I loved that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's exactly it. That sums up everything is that we can hold it all and we yeah. do
3: <laughs> and we going to yeah we must
1: we must and so we mustn't and then we must I, oh i'm gonna try to try <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness good stuff any final thoughts i don't think so okay
0: I think she wrote okay okay Mm. Well, thanks for sticking with us. We see and feel all of you holding it all and um, we'll continue to be with one another
1: through it. Yeah, we will. That sounds good. All right, take care everyone and take care of each other too. Yes. Bye. (laughs) everyone, it's Mel. Thanks for giving us a listen. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't hesitate to share about us on social media. You can head over and give us a rating and a nice review. That'll really help us continue to give you more of what you're looking for. If you'd like to know more about what I'm offering, head on over to my social media. I'm primarily on Instagram at Bloom Counseling Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A, Bloom Counseling Medina. And I look forward to connecting with you.